We're here at Calandra's Italian Village in Caldwell, New Jersey. Now through November 13th, visit TriStateTirePros.com for a chance to win four tickets and pregame field passes to the Titans versus the New York Jets on December 13th. Tri-State Tire Pros, proud sponsor of the New York Jets. Okay, let's bring in Larry, a, val a valuable piece up front on that Jets defensive line, Leger Dusable. Thanks for having Leger, me, what's happening? Yeah. Hey, doing good. How are you guys doing? Dudes, I, I asked Sheldon Richardson this after the game. Yeah. What happened at halftime? You guys were a different team <laughs> yeah. after intermission. Yeah, um, you know, Todd talked to us a little bit. We knew we weren't playing up to our standards. Uh, we're used to turning the ball over and not turning the ball over, and that's something we didn't do in the first half. And, you know, guys were disappointed. Uh, he left the game in the veterans' hands. We're a veteran-heavy set team. And uh, guys just start, decided to go out there and make plays, man. That's all it all came down to. You know, it's interesting. Todd Bowles has been talking about you all season. And he's been talking about how you've been playing on both sides of the line. You've been playing different positions. Yeah. And I know you love doing that because it shows off your versatility. Yeah. But as you, as you found out that your role was going to change a little bit, how exciting was that? What was the challenge in, in learning the different roles and different uh, schemes that you have with Todd Bowles now? I mean, it was really exciting. I, I pride myself on being a versatile defensive lineman, being able to play alongside the whole line. And uh, he pulled me in his office before camp and told me that they were going to move me around a little bit. And I was excited, man. That's, that's what I love to do. I like to be in multiple positions. I think the unique thing about our defense is that we have so many versatile athletic guys that you can, we're interchangeable. And so it's hard to tell where somebody's going to line up at at any uh, different given time. I think you might have surprised the Redskins there early on in the game mm. with how many uh, four men of fronts you guys employed. Yeah. Uh, how excited do you get during the week to see the game plans that these guys are coming up with? And I'm speaking of, a, of uh, both uh, Todd Bowles and Casey Rogers. Yeah, it's, it's never the same. I think a lot of people were saying after the Colts game, they were so surprised that we were lined up in 4-3 a lot. You know, last week we did a little bit more 3-4, and then this week more again of the 4-3. The thing is, it's just fun with this defense. You never know what the defensive scheme is going to be week in and week out. And I think that's a great thing for us because it's hard for offensive teams to key on us. Lejay, what also has got to be fun is that your ability to rush the passer mm -hmm. with your other guys along that line, Muhammad Wilkerson, yeah. you got Sheldon Richardson back, uh, you know, those guys, and, and you getting a chance to rush the quarterback, yeah. uh, which is what defensive linemen just love to do, put, of course. put pressure on them. <laughs> Just your thoughts about the different angles and the different schemes that you can do that with. Yeah, the thing is we have so many different guys that can play. Um, one time it could be me, Leo, Mo, or Sheldon out there, or it could be me, Snacks, Sheldon, or, or Bowen out there. I mean, the thing is, like I said, we're so versatile that, that it's a great thing for our defensive line. This is the deepest defensive line I've been on, and we enjoy getting after the quarterback. The thing is a lot of people don't know is we challenge each other more than probably offensive lines or other teams challenge us. Um, we're always at each other's neck, like, uh, I ain't heard your name in a while. Are you going to make a play today? Like, what, what you doing? So uh, that's a great thing about our defensive line. We're very competitive. How emotional was that, do you think, for Sheldon getting back there with you guys on the field Sunday? Oh, it's great. Anytime he's out on the field, you just feel the energy. The guy plays with a high motor. He has a lot of energy. He's always smiling and having a good time. So it was great to have him back in the fold and, and to get out there and get that continuity back with him. You know, it was just, as Eric and I were talking about, it was just such a difference in that second half. But I want to go back to the first half and just how you guys were able to minimize the damage. Even though you had the turnovers, except for one opportunity, you kept Washington out of the end zone. 
Yeah, we pride ourselves on being able to stop them wherever they get the ball, and, and that's something we emphasize all week long. No matter where they, the offense gets the ball, our job is to protect that goal line and hold them to, you know, field goal attempts if our offense does happen to turn the ball over. You know, we actually gave up one touchdown early, and we were mad about that, and we're actually able to hold them to, you know, two field goal attempts. I mean, the guy I think made with a 54-yard field yeah. goal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I, we did a good job there, but we would like to get that, that one drive back if we could and not give up seven and hold them to three. When you guys are on the bench and you're preparing uh, for your next series out there, are you able to – enjoy what's happening offensively right now with Chris Ivory and Brandon Marshall taking over games? Well, not right away because, of course, when you come off the field, you got to do adjustments and see what, you know, the offense was giving you and what looks we had. That way we can, moving forward, you know, make adjustments on the run. You know, after a while, if the offense is driving for a little bit, then we get to actually sit back, relax, and, and actually look at the jumbo trying to see Chris Ivory running guys over, Brandon making spectacular catches. But uh, right when we come off the field, we don't, we don't get to really get to watch the offense. This locker room seems special. This locker room, the guys, they just seem to like each other. They yeah. seem to get along. And listen, that's not easy with a big <laughs> locker room where guys, you know, get on each other's nerves and stuff yeah. like that during the season. Is there, what makes it that way? Why is it just like such a good camaraderie in there? I just think it's a mutual respect that the guys have for each other in the locker room. Uh, another thing is uh, in the past we've had younger teams. This team is really veteran heavy set. I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, Todd already said he was going to give the veterans the locker room, and I, and I think everybody's taking his cue from that. And everybody, you know, if everybody doesn't like each other, we all respect each other and we love playing with each other. So I, I think you can see that on the field when we go out there on Sundays. You know, the, the guy to your left and right, he has your back no matter what. I know you have a lot of leaders in that locker room, and I'm around there every day. Who, who do you point to and say, hey, those guys are kind of uh, the people – we look up to around here to set the tone. Well, I, I mean, there's so many. There's so yeah. many veterans. I, I would say uh, Revis, Brandon Marshall, Fitz, Crow. Uh, I try to be a guy myself. Um, David Harris, definitely. Calvin Pace. There's so many veteran guys. Willie Cologne, um, the Brigashaw, Mango. So many guys that you can feed off of, guys that you can look up to when you're, if you're a younger guy to follow around in the locker room. Communication is always something you guys talk about week yeah. after week after week after week. How is that communication? How much better has it gotten? And what's the challenge to keep it at that level? Yeah, I think we've taken numerous steps since the beginning of OTAs and training camp. You know, when you learn a new defense, there's going to be some wrinkles that guys aren't used to, and communication is key. And that's something we've talked about, like I said, since OTAs, off-season workouts, camp. And our communication, I feel, has gotten better and better as the week gone on. We still haven't – I don't think we've gotten to the peak where we need to be. But it's, it's night and day from when we first started uh, learning a new defense. Leger, what are you most proud of? You're number one in red zone defense, number two in takeaways with 15, number one in overall defense, mm. number one in <laughs> points allowed. What are you most proud of? Uh, that's a hard one. To us, we've really emphasized takeaways. So it would have to be a tie between takeaway and points allowed because if you hold an opponent to low points, then you're going to most likely win the game. But if you're, you know, plus three in the takeaway category, you have a 95% chance to win the game. So I think those two would be at the top of my list. Do you think it, w- it was going to all come together so quickly? Because <laughs> there were a number of pieces added here this offseason, whether they're veterans or not, as Antonio Camardi <laughs> sends us some messages up here. <laughs> um, I'm not really surprised. The veterans that we got brought in were guys that are smart, that can think, guys that have been on winning teams. You know, we brought Crow back. 
uh, Revis back. Brandon Marshall's played at the top of this league, been one of the top receivers for the longest. Fitz is a guy that's played a lot of years in this league. So I'm not really too surprised that the communication factor came in as quickly as it did just because of the pieces that we brought in. Eric mentioned Chris, I- Chris Ivory earlier. Yes. You go against this offensive line every day. Yeah. What's the difference in this line this year from previous years? They just seem to be more physical. More, what's the difference? Yeah, I think it's just the scheme that we uh, put in this year. I think it's suited better for Chris Ivory as far as downhill, counters, powers. It's a more physical brand of football, and guys like Willie Colon are built for that. Um, guys like Breno Giacomini built for stuff like that. You know, we got Winters that's been playing. He's built for something like that, a physical run game. Not so much, far, not so much zone schemes and, and everything like that. It's, it's we're, we're, we're right here. We're lining up. We're going to run power. Stop us. We're going to get four yards, four yards. Then we're going to pop one for 20-something yards. And I think those guys, uh, they love that. I mean, on run days, those guys are juiced up, man. They, they love to get after it. And, I, and it's just, it's just I'm, I'm so glad that everybody's getting to see Chris Ivory nationwide. The guy, to me, has been one of the best running backs in the league. He's a quiet guy, so a lot of people don't know about him. But it's, it's just good that he's finally getting a little bit of recognition because he deserves it. Uh, Leger, uh, you know what this week's going to be like. Obviously, a New York team, the Jets going to play the Patriots. <laughs> a green and white 4-1 and one so far this season. The defending Super Bowl champions 5-0. and oh, But... I love the approach your head coach has taken, and you guys have followed suit. What do you think about what uh, Todd said today? Winning isn't going to make us. Losing isn't going to break us. Exactly. I mean, I would say in past that we've got wrapped up into this game. Everybody knows the rivalry we have with those guys, um, the dislike we might have for those guys. But Todd said it best. It's it's the next game. This is round six for us. We're just trying to stack wins right now. That's what it comes down to. Um, It'll be great, you know, to get this division win. But like you said, it's not going to ruin our season. It's not going to make our season. We win this. We're not like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. If we lose this, we're not going to drop our heads and be like, we're not going to the playoffs. So I think it's just the next game. You know, they're a good team. We're a good team. And it should be fun on Sunday. They're not going to show you anything you haven't seen, right? You've seen (laughs) seen a lot of them over the years. Is there a danger of trying to outthink them in the sense of, okay, this is what they normally do. So if they do this, we know we should do something like that because it's such a, an opponent you see so often? I think that's what a lot of people do when they play them, too. They tend to overthink it. I mean, we know that Gronk is going to get his plays. You know, they have a good running back in Lewis this year who's playing outstanding. Um, Elmendola, Elmendola and uh, Elderman are gro- both great receivers. Um, you just can't overthink it. You just got to go out there and play football. I mean, you've been playing this game your whole life. You know what to do once you get on that field. Yeah, there's such a healthy respect there. Uh, but I, I really liked, Larry, what I heard out of these guys in the locker room today and what Leger is telling us right now, and Antonio Cromartie is going to follow up with it in a few mm-hmm. moments. As the general feeling is, from Eric Decker said today, we haven't played a complete game yet, right. and we have a lot of corrections to make. Offensively, you can point to the turnovers. Yeah. Special teams-wise, unfortunately, uh, give up a touchdown late on the block punt. Yeah. There are areas where this team can say, hey, we can improve. Yeah, exactly what Decker said. I mean, we haven't played a complete game yet. So it's scary to think that we're, uh, we're not having playing a complete game yet. We're 4-1 still, you know. So, like, the sky's the limit for this team. We still got a long way to go. We're just, like I said, we're just trying to stack wins right now, and that's what's the most important thing. Now that you were at the NFL boot camp broadcasting, does that change how 
Uh, you see the media, since you're kind of <laughs> going to be on the other side of it. Yeah. How does that change? Do you appreciate more of what the media does and, and, and have get a better understanding of it? Definitely have more of an appreciation of what you guys do day in and day out. I mean, we went, me and Crow actually went to the broadcast boot camp together. Well, he and, doesn't uh, respect us, so we'll talk about <laughs> him later. We know you. That's and, right. And, and literally, man, 15-hour days, just research, 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 research. And, re- and remembering statistics and, and knowing what your next bullet point is going to be. is It was an amazing experience. Uh, I think anybody trying to get into broadcasting, journalism, or anything should definitely do it. Are there former players out there that you watch broadcasting right now and say, yeah. hey, they're doing a really good job, and even if they didn't play, they're at the pinnacle. They're very good in this profession. Yeah, there's actually a couple guys I try to watch. Um, I think um, a guy that I that I try to watch is you know Chris Carter has done it pretty on a high level for the last couple of years. Um, a guy that didn't play football was a great uh, rest in peace. Stuart Scott was a guy I used to watch yeah. day in and day out. The guy was amazing at what he did, and uh, you know James Brown is a host, but he's also another guy I watch. He's an amazing guy. Yeah, Stuart Scott, God rest his soul, was a guy who was able to combine the information with entertainment exactly so you weren't bored by sitting there throwing numbers at you because he presented the numbers in such a way that it was like wow really (laughs) exactly (laughs) he did that yeah he made it fun for everybody to watch you know just highlights you know some people you know get bored after watching the same thing over and over again but he made it so fun and exciting it was like watching a a drama tv show so (laughs) so yeah like i said rest in peace to Scott, but he was he was one of the best that ever did it um on the bye week, you got a chance to go home to Florida. You had your number retired at your high school. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, I was able to go home uh, last weekend to, or the weekend before to get my high school jersey retired. It actually happened to be our high school's homecoming uh, that week, too, so it was a really big event, and it was a blessing just to have all my friends, old friends um, from, from college and high school come down, and some of my family members came in town, and it was just a blessing, man. Kind of choked me up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alonzo High School in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Alonzo High School down in Tampa, Florida. And uh, that was a uh, young school when you started there, oh, right? Definitely. Uh, my sophomore year in uh, 2001 was the first year the school was ever open. So I'm officially the first one to have my number retired there. So it's, it's a blessing. That's great. Well, congratulations on that. Continued success during the regular season. Thanks for stopping by and joining us tonight. Right. Thanks, the Jets. Thanks for having me again. All right.